<laughs> Hello. Hello. And welcome. This is episode 19 of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And we have something really awesome and exciting for you guys today. We recently were guest hosted or uh, were featured on another podcast. And we actually have them joining us later, the wonderful ladies over with story time with mom and me. And worry, we figured we're kind of going to present you the story and then talk to them about their ridiculous connection. <laughs> uh, yeah, I figured it was super interesting. And, you know, we mentioned everyone before. We want to hear any crazy stories you guys have with, like, connections to killers or ghost stories or anything like that. So I figured... We well, we figured we'd kick it off with a bang here, right, Sid? Yes, this will be a nice uh, introduction to this, and maybe maybe it'll bring more people to tell us their stories. They'll be like, oh, yes, because we want to hear them. I promise. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, I will preface this before we dive in with saying, not a ton of details on the crime itself but it has a very interesting backstory that I was fascinated by as I kept doing more research so it might be a little shorter one for us but bear with us as we also have our guests on later on in this episode to speak about it so I guess I'll set the scene here on January 21st, 2017, 43-year-old Brian Overseth of Big Forth, Montana, was found shot to death in Holly Springs, Georgia. He had been in Holly Springs visiting family and friends with his wife and children since December for the holidays. Brian and his family had actually recently relocated to Montana I believe the year before in 2016 from previously living in Georgia. Brian was shot in front of, or I guess not directly in front of, but near his relative's home on one of the visits when he had stepped out to walk his dog after 10 p.m. that night. It was actually, I think, Sid, did you see this? It was like on one of the private access roads in the subdivision. Yeah, it was like an access road, so it made me think it was like a side street. Yes, and it was the relative I did find out was his father-in-law, so he was out by mm-hmm. his father-in-law's house. It appeared that Brian had been kind of ambushed because he was shot one time right between the eyes at close range with a twenty-two caliber gun. At the first look of the scene, police were definitely a little perplexed at the motive. Brian had his keys, his wallet, and his cell phone all on him, so it clearly wasn't a robbery. So it definitely must have been like a target in their eyes, but they were very confused, and the father-in-law obviously was very shocked. But when the police came and informed Brian's wife, Carrie, that her husband had been murdered and they asked her if she knew anyone who'd want to harm him, she immediately gave them an answer. Carrie had informed the police of a name, Robert Gilanios, and really hope we are saying that right, but that's our best guess here. (laughs) Sorry in advance. (laughs) Uh, turns out Carrie was actually having an affair or previously was having an affair with Robert. His, Brian's wife told investigators that she had had this affair with the man and ended things, but he was very adamant that he wanted her and for her to leave her husband, which she told him she would not do. She did not know his address or where he lived, only his cell phone number, which they used to communicate frequently. Further information on their re- their re- previous relationship, which I felt was super interesting. In 2016, 
Brian's wife, Carrie, and Robert struck up a long-distance online relationship not long after she moved to Montana. They would text constantly and talk on the phone almost daily. And in July of that year, Carrie's father actually suffered a stroke. She returned back home to Georgia and was staying with him and taking care of him for 10 days. While there, Carrie and Robert finally met in person on the first day she arrived. So it was very clear that, like, this was good for her is kind of how I read that (laughs) Um, because she met with him right away. He, like, snuck into the the father's house. (laughs) Like, snuck in through the window or something is how I read it. Yes. I actually, I was going to say, I, like, literally noted that because Robert like a high is, school relationship. Yes, and Robert is 34. hmm So, it was really interesting to me that she, like, literally was staying at her dad's house, married, with kids, and had a 34-year-old sneaking through the window at her father's home to, like, come spend time with her. So, yeah, they definitely, they met for the first time, and it quickly became sexual that night when she snuck him in. For the entire duration of her 10-day stay, she saw Robert every night, and while he would come stay over, he would park his car a few blocks away at a Mexican restaurant, and then would walk the neighborhood and the trails in that neighborhood with Carrie before returning to her father's home. So, basically what I got from that is he's very familiar with the neighborhood. (laughs) Yes, he's walking around through the neighborhood. Yes. So, prior to her leaving and going back to Montana at the end of the 10-day stay, Robert was begging her to stay, leave her husband. And the one thing that really stood out to me is that he had told her if he ever found out she had sex with her husband again, she would kill them both. He would kill them both. Yeah, that's um definitely <laughs> a big red flag, like a huge red flag. You know, when some people say some like off the wall shit, but sure. in like the article I read, it stated that she said every time, like, of those 10 days she saw him, he was carrying. Like, he had a gun that she was very well aware of. So, very much seems like a real threat when you see a weapon on someone. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the type of person, if they tell you that they're going to kill you and they're carrying around a gun <laughs> all the time, that it might be, like, not as surprising if they actually killed you. Red flag, red flag. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> However, once Carrie returned back to Montana, her and Robert maintained their long-distance relationship, which was very weird to me. (laughs) Uh, He was constantly sending not only gifts for Carrie, but to also her children at their home, her home that she shared with her husband in Montana. That was something that I wanted more information on, because... It was like, so do the kids know that that is your secret lover? Do those do the kids think that they're getting gifts from like a distant family member? Like, do they? Are you telling the kids that these are gifts that you purchased? Like, I wanted to know like the more in depth about that. Same, but I could like picture it just being like, oh, these are gifts from a friend. They sent you a gift, like some more gifts. Yeah. Here's a new toy. However, I did see, and I don't know, I'm sure you saw this too, Sid, that her adult son, Brendan, actually discovered that the affair was going on through social media. Yes. So to me, I was like, what the fuck? Are you guys over here on social media, like, flaunting that you're having an affair? That's weird. Well, anyways, I guess Brendan had reached out to Robert, and Robert basically told him, like, look, your mom and I are in love. She wants to leave her husband. It's, like, a big thing. Like, we just really want your support. No idea how that turned out. (laughs) Uh, But to me, I'm like, that's fucking weird. (laughs) That's real weird. (laughs) In November of 2016, Carrie told Robert that she was pregnant. And 
he was immediately livid since it meant she was having sex with Brian and basically cheating on Robert, which makes zero sense to me because it's like, that's her husband. But okay. But he said he was going to kill her. This is true. (laughs) Well, in December, when the family went to Georgia to go stay with family, Robert basically was stalking them on this trip. Brian was staying at Carrie's father's house while in Georgia so he could work remotely with zero interruptions. And Carrie and the kids were staying at her sister's home in Canton, Georgia, which they're in the same county. So they are pretty close. Robert would visit Carrie's sister's home frequently while they were staying in Georgia. Sometimes unwantingly, I saw like even banging on windows and stuff. But Robert was determined to continue the affair and was trying to convince Carrie to leave her husband still. Also, seems to me like everyone else in this family is, like, fully aware now of Robert's presence. Yeah. Disruptive while she's at her sister's house. Yeah, I think if he's coming by at all, like, at the sister's, like, whether it's banging or, like, banging on the windows and making noise or, like, just even, you know, to be known in the house, they definitely know someone of his existence. Yeah. Yeah. The night before the murder, Friday, January 20th, Carrie had told Robert that she intended to return to Montana with her husband and her kids, and she wanted to continue to live their lives as a family, which Robert was clearly not happy about. In text conversations, Robert basically told Carrie that night and the day of the murder that he loved her, they were going to be together, nothing was going to get in their way, and he would handle whatever was in their way. Which, to me, not to imply someone else is guilty of anything, but, like, I don't know, maybe that's, like, a big red flag. All the red flags are flying (laughs) right now. Robert was even texting Carrie and, like, They had phone conversations up until about six or seven the night of the murder, which was, like, very sketch. The day of Brian's funeral and when he was buried, Robert actually had the audacity to show up to the funeral uninvited and with dead flowers. (laughs) Please note the dead flowers. I I had to include that because I was like, this is literally a note in here. Why? Yeah. Uh, But was told to leave by several family members. So that was another thing. I was like, okay, so people in the family clearly know who this man is. Yeah, because you're not going to just, like, if a random person comes to a funeral, like, that no one knows, like, they're not going to be like, you need to leave. Like, you're not welcome here. It would have to be someone that had, like, a relation to the family or whatever, and they knew that, like, they were unwelcome. People aren't just like, no, you can't be here. Like, this well, is a public my, event. My <laughs> understanding was that, like, literally, as soon as they notified Carrie, she gave investigators Robert's name. And so it was, like, within 24 hours, at least. You know what I mean? So they were, he was very clearly on their radar. Funerals usually within, like, a week. So I thought that was, like, really interesting because, like, even if the family didn't know who he was, he was still, like, coming around. When investigators mm-hmm. always, already were very clearly interested in him, they had brought him in for an interview within two days of the shooting. And he was very elusive, evasive, but he didn't give any, like, actual real details that they could trip him up in at sure. the time. <laughs> so two days after Brian was buried... Robert snuck into the backyard of Carrie's sister's house where she was still staying. He left a rose and a box with Valentine's cards, an invitation for a date for Carrie, and I believe it even had, like, a time and place of a movie to, like, inviting her on a date. And it was in the backyard at the basement terrace of her sister's home where she was staying. Police at this point were already aware of, like, Robert potentially stalking Carrie and the family. So there was an officer stationed in front of their home. And 
They called the police immediately, and Robert was picked up at a nearby gas station and was originally arrested for loitering, prowling, and stalking. So that was a total of nine days after the shooting. I had to include the prowling because I thought that was really, like, I didn't even know that was a real charge. (laughs) Apparently. Prowling around the neighborhood. (laughs) I guess so. I mean, he wasn't, he knew he wasn't supposed to be there. So (laughs) he was then eventually charged with the murder of Brian Overseth when he had a few things come up, including a witness that saw his car at that same Mexican restaurant the night of the shooting that he used to park at when he would visit Carrie in July of the year before. And they also had the text conversations between Carrie and Robert, where he kept mentioning he was going to take care of whatever was in their way. After a two-week trial, Robert was convicted of felony murder, malice murder, aggravated assault, and the possession of a firearm during a felony. Some other evidence that came up in the trial that kind of... Put Robert in this, uh, at the scene or in the area. One, his phone pinged several times in like that very neighborhood, which is usually a big red flag. But I mean, he does like to do his walks over in or in her area, so that is very true. So I mean, he definitely tried to explain everything. <laughs> and then. The other big piece of information was basically the ballistics report pinpointed that the 22 caliber used to shoot Brian was a Walther P-22 pistol. And according to Robert's ex-wife, that was one of the two guns she specifically remembered he owned and were like his favorites. Although the gun had never been recovered in the search of Robert's home, His ex-wife also advised that sometimes they shot the guns from the back deck of their home. And when police searched, they actually were able to recover three expended 22 caliber gun shells, which were identical to the shells found at Brian's crime. Well, shell, because there was just one, found at Brian's crime scene. That I thought was wild that they were able to, like, that's how they discovered it, like... Oh, yeah, just check the backyard. There might be some shells left over. I had to, like, reread it because at first I was like, were they shooting into the deck? But then I realized, like, they were shooting Uh, and it was just the expended shells. I must have been, like, skim reading. But I was like, that, it is wild. Yeah, like, I mean, I get that that stuff, like, obviously it's not going to go anywhere, like, unless you clean it up. But the fact, like, however long it had been sitting there, like... It's what I don't know. It's just interesting that it was still sitting there, and yes. that's how they were able to solve it based off of it. Evidence, uh, like yeah. That. And he probably was like, Oh, well, they can't find the gun, it's fine, <laughs> exactly. Like, no weapon, no charges, we're good to go. Well, during his sentencing, I did think this was like very noteworthy to include. Uh, Brian's father spoke at Robert's sentencing and he talked about when he and his family left their home in Montana he had given his father a kiss on the cheek which was was very like abnormal but he believed like Brian kind of felt uneasy had a bad feeling or like a premonition I'm also very curious if like at this point Brian was aware of the affair but nothing I could find said anything He also advised that as Christians, they are taught to forgive and are obligated to do so. And then basically told Robert, if he repented and turned his life over to God, he can join Brian in heaven. And then, (laughs) uh, yes, well, I'm going (laughs) to, I have a note here on Robert. So I don't think Robert really cared. His uncle, his adoptive father, and mother all testified pleading for the chance of parole, but Robert actually received the max of life without the chance of parole, and when imposing the sentence, this is, like, 
the big one for me. The judge basically advised, like, I can't read your mind, but during those two weeks of trials, I observed your behavior, and he was constantly smiling and smirking at the jury. He had to be warned a lot of times for, like, interrupting attorneys and speaking out of line and he showed like literally no sympathy or remorse for his actions which is like very clear in the picture of him he is like yeah. smirking. <laughs> yeah and that's like the only picture that's out there of him and he's just like got a smirk like yeah whoops. so i don't think he's uh planning on repenting and turning his life over at any point maybe Probably not. <laughs> Anything else I forgot that you want to add? Um, so nothing that you forgot, but there was one thing that I did find that I thought um was worthy of sharing. So I feel like anytime someone commits a crime that I'm like interested in, one of the first things I always do is look them up on social media. And oh shit. <laughs> I did find a Facebook page for him, and the last post is from January 22nd of 2017, and it's one of those, yep, so it would have been, like, the day after, and it's, like, um, one of those quotes, it's actually, uh, from Kevin Gates, and it says, I'm guilty of giving people more chances than they deserve, but when I'm done, I'm done. So I felt like that was kind of like a nice uh, final last word. His last words from the the Facebook page. Oh my god. I thought that was an interesting one. I felt it was worthy of sharing. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I didn't have any fun facts. So that was like very fitting. Yes. (laughs) Well, uh, before I guess. Well, we're not even going to wrap it up here. Sorry, it's a little... (laughs) It's a little different this time. (laughs) It's super exciting. So um, I guess if I don't have anything else and you don't have anything else, then we can kind of break for a word from our sponsor. And then when we come back, we will be joined with our special guests. Woo! Hi, everyone. We are back with our special guests. Story time with mom and me. The podcast has joined us. Would you lovely ladies like to introduce yourselves? Hey, I'm Melanie and I'm mom. Um, we do a podcast, like they said, story time with mom and me. And it's just basically telling true stories people write in. Or right now we find stuff on Reddit also. Uh, and then just get their approval to read their stories sort of like I used to like to read those Facebook things that they just tell story after story but I would always wished I could listen to them instead so Molly and I started um, story time with mom and me and then we always have our special guest Bonnie with us who is my sister so um, if Bonnie you want to say hi hi I'm Bonnie and I'm Molly and I love doing our podcast. It's fun. <laughs> My mom likes to say that um, I sound blah, but I'm really actually excited. I promise. The whole time. <laughs> when I'm doing it. I love it. I love it. I love the that's monotone. Okay. Yeah, that's like Sydney and I sometimes too. And it's great. It's really funny too. You guys are great. Um, I know we guest hosted or guest starred on an episode and it was you guys had us cracking up it was so funny (laughs) yay yay thank you yes and then when we found out that you had a tie to a pretty interesting case I was like Peyton we have to jump on this they might change their mind (laughs) yes (laughs) we wanted you to join us so I know Sydney already mentioned it too but would you ladies like to tell us your tie to this case sure um So we call him Derek is how we met him. I never knew that he had a different first name. Um, And we actually make jewelry for a living. And so uh, he came into a store that I'm associated with and to buy beads because him and his wife at the time were making jewelry. And we just became really good friends from that. 
um, he just adored my coworker who was like this beautiful 19 year old girl. And he just got a little bit uh, real friendly with her, especially. Um, oh, so, wow. <laughs> so Molly and I surprised. Go, yeah, right. <laughs> so Molly and I would go to his house um, to make jewelry for them with my ex-boyfriend as well. And um, we actually lost contact with Derek and Jen because apparently Derek just kind of went cuckoo and uh, decided that we were stealing beads from him. Mind you, I'm very closely associated with a bead store that he got the beads from. And if you saw my house, I had like a 10 by six storage unit filled with beads. I didn't mean to steal his beads. Oh my <laughs> so gosh. I, I, I oh had my God. no idea. He just paid us one day and then blocked me. I, don't, I didn't know what happened. Yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> what are the odds of that? And it's weird that you didn't even know his, like you knew him under a different name, mm-hmm. especially since you were at his house and around him and his first wife. Right. Well, he went by Derek only. So I didn't realize that he went by, you know, that he was named anything else. But, you know, I, I guess there's a lot of people that they have a different first name that they don't even go by. That's, That's true. true. Yeah, because yeah, so, I think his middle name was Derek. Yeah. And I know, like, my dad goes by his middle name. So it's not very mm-hmm. uncommon, but it's interesting. It's like a right. little alias. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I heard... Actually, the- one of the last times that we were at his house, he talked to my boyfriend, or my, my ex-boyfriend now, but my boyfriend at the time and I, and he uh, he talked to us about starting a different business he always had like these awesome business ideas and they I think they do that stuff now like um I'm not sure but Annie's kits or something like that what they do is they put together a kit of uh something creative to make and then people buy the kit from you so he had talked to us about that at the time he you know he wanted us to start doing that company with him and he had the idea so we never took it from him because it was his idea initially and then now people do it but because he thought we were stealing beads or whatever we never went through with that (laughs) well and you said how you found out about this case and uh him killing his mistress's husband was like a really interesting story too right It was. Um, I had left that bead store for about five years and I came back and um, his ex-wife, actually, she came in. I hadn't seen them in forever. And um, I asked her, I was like, well, hey, how are you guys doing? And she goes, yeah, there's no us guys anymore. And I was was like, oh, I'm so sad. And and she said, yeah, he's... um, do you remember what I said? I can't remember. She said, she said that he 59 somebody, or what's that called when you, the, whatever the code 86. is. 86. Yeah. She was like, he 86 someone. And I was like, he what? Like I, somehow I knew exactly what that was. I guess all that crime junkies that I love, <laughs> like how I love you guys and stuff. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh. And she told me, she said, yeah. Her and I started talking about it because my ex-boyfriend was my ex-boyfriend at the time. And I was like, yeah, you know, he was always cheating, whatever, uh, about my ex-boyfriend. She goes, that's exactly what Derek was like. He was like always talking to girls and cheating. And and I was like, what in the world? That's why he liked that girl. I'm going to just call her Annie that worked with me. Um, but I guess that's why he was so friendly with Annie and would go to coffee with her and everything. And I I don't, when I talked to Annie, she said, you know, nothing happened between the two of them because she respected Jen too much, but it was just crazy. So Jen came in, she told us that, that um, he met this girl on 
uh, Pinterest. And it's like, how do you even meet someone on Pinterest? <laughs> do they have forums? Like, they don't have forums. I don't think they that have forums. That is just bizarre. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like, but he was doing some shady business with their bead with their bead business and um and i thought that that's actually why he had stopped talking to us because i went to one of the stores he was in i just happened to be shopping there and i we saw his jewelry or you know their jewelry there and i was like oh it's them and um and then but I guess he was doing shady business behind Jen's back, like not fo- not following through, like taking people's money and then not delivering the jewelry that he promised them and things like that. So I imagine that they met on a Pinterest board about his jewelry. Like she was like, oh, your jewelry is beautiful or whatever. I don't know how you meet someone on Pinterest, but I guess that's how. I have no idea because I've literally had a Pinterest for years and I've never even like commented to anyone. Right? No, it makes sense though. Can you comment under people's stuff? I don't know if you can. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if you can comment, but I feel like you can like when you click on them, it brings you somewhere else. So like if she found his jewelry or something, (laughs) it might have brought her to like his website or something and like she got contact or information from them yeah yeah maybe that's how but but according to jen they had already um gotten divorced when because he was messing around with all these other girls before that but according to her they were already divorced when he met this other girl um that he ended up having that affair with and she said that he went kind of like he he went to like an extreme uh, like a rebel i don't know how to what exactly to call it but he was he became real extreme like flying confederate flags and things like that and he even changed um their their jewelry website and things like that to um to all this random rifle carrying and confederate flags and those kind of things he put all that stuff up on there on their jewelry website and she was like okay i'm done with the jewelry (laughs) even too well and then sydney and i talked about it too she was like really instrumental in giving them the investigators details about like the guns he owned and helped like basically give them evidence that ended up convicting him yeah Mm -hmm. Which I, I'm I'm proud of her for doing that. To be honest, like I'm really proud of her. She she is still not all the way better from all of this, you know. Because I mean, I guess can you imagine having been married to a murderer? Just like Molly told me when I told her um, about it. Molly was like, "What do you mean? You took me to a murderer's house?" <laughs> and I was like, "But he wasn't a murderer then." <laughs> whatever happened that changed him mom were you like thanks mom <laughs> yeah mostly because I was a kid you know like what the <laughs> heck but I mean you never know who could be a murderer to be honest like it's very true you know like your best friend could be a murderer and you don't even know it <laughs> I always <laughs> hey yeah exactly and I'm like Bonnie's my best friend uh oh yeah exactly but but we know that she couldn't kill anyone because she burnt herself one time and she said she didn't like the smell of like burning flesh and (laughs) (laughs) and blood makes me want to vomit (laughs) at least you got a safeguard there you don't have to worry about that one yeah right you could do it like your other story that you had where just feed them to the pigs. Oh my yes. <laughs> but then she, but she also doesn't like blood, so it's like kind of you know hand in hand. Right. Exactly. Feed them yeah. to the pigs and go inside. Yeah. <laughs> but you would, you would still have to cut up the body, right? Unless they eat no, it all. Maybe just throw it and then they just eat it all. Ew. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh no. Uh, what my about understanding the... is that pigs can digest everything except like metal. Oh my god. And was it hair? No, they can digest hair. They probably have like hairballs that they cough up though. <laughs> Maybe. Thank goodness. Well, like, because a lot of people have piercings nowadays. So, you know. <laughs> That's true. It's very true. Private earring. And... Nope. There's a belly button ring. <laughs> right. Literally. <laughs> I think my uh my earrings are pretty distinct. I've stretched ears. So, but it's all metal that I keep in my ears. So, you know, at least that would be an identifying factor. Like, oh yeah, Peyton was here at least. Yeah. The yeah, pigs can get you. Pages are here, so it must have been Peyton. Exactly. The pigs. The Ooh, pigs you're can't... safe. You're safe. <laughs> Bella is find where she is. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this conversation okay. just that, went off yeah. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sydney and I do this sometimes too, and whether it's when we're recording before or after, we definitely get very sidetracked. So. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Whatever what keeps we do that same thing on our podcast because, like, we're sitting here talking about all of us about DNA results, and all of a sudden we're on to did Mary and Joseph really have kids, or off into something else, and it's like, wait, hold on, how the did rap- how did we get here? <laughs> the rabbit holes. <laughs> In but- fact, one of our episodes um, that. We talk about, it's called, the episode is called Biscuits and Cray Cray. And in there, we talk about this guy, he's like touching his coworkers, which is kind of like, it's creepy for people to just go around touching other people, yeah. but it's not, you know? And I say, you remember Molly, that guy, you know, remember Derek? That's what he was like. And that's what Derek was like. He was just like a touchy feeler. But wasn't that creepy? I'm just saying. I'm like, no offense to the guy or whatever. Maybe he had no like intent to be like creepy. It's just when a dude touches my shoulders or like some, even if I know them, it's like, please don't touch me. Like, what? I do think that's a generational. Yeah, it might be a generational. I I don't like anyone touching me. Me either. I'm like, get off me. Joke because my sister and I like we aren't even huggers it's like very uncomfortable for us even if like we see friends so like Sydney she lives in another state when I see Sydney we'll hug before she leaves but that's probably it <laughs> yeah we are yeah I'm I'm a hugger Molly's a hugger I am not and Bonnie yeah Bonnie is not in fact <laughs> Bonnie and I we have this thing where we touch fingers we call it our ET and that's our hug so we touch our index fingers together and that's how we hug each other (laughs) my sister was here visiting and she left to go uh back to where she lives in utah actually and we went out to dinner the night before my dad was we were leaving my dad goes okay sisters hug and we both just looked at each other and we're like Okay, bye. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, don't make us. <laughs> you know what? I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. But clearly, Derek doesn't have... have... We have to hug our dad because he wouldn't be around forever. She And so I will hug my dad. That's true. Um, yeah. My thing is, is I feel like with Derek, he clearly showed you his true colors which were what creepy so <laughs> therefore people who touch people are weirdos <laughs> <laughs> you let them know you let them know oh my like don't rub my shoulders dude get off and now <laughs> yeah that i'm older that, people yeah, touch me and like, i'm like come on rub your shoulders me. and stuff and to no. me i never thought anything of it but yeah, now you're right, Molly. Like maybe that. Well, now especially you know, looking back, now like, you know who he turned out to be. So it was sure. definitely you see those red flags that you might not have interpreted as red flags at the time. Right, it's definitely exactly. a red flag. And the thing is, is that like 
I mean, thank God he didn't touch me because I was a child. If he did, <laughs> that would be a little weird. But my like, I noticed those kinds of things. I watch too many like murder mysteries, and I just see red flags all over all the time. And I like overanalyze. So I'm like, he touched me on the shoulder. Is he trying to flirt? Or is he just being nice? He could be a murderer. I don't know. <laughs> Must be a murderer. You're literally preaching to the choir right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Bonnie and I are just old and we're like, oh, that's what we used to do. Like, the, it was just, I mean, even though I guess like you think back on it and it was creepy, but it was not at, it was not at the time uh creepy <laughs> well creepy or or yeah. socially unacceptable to do that which i mean i guess now if you think back on it it was always unacceptable to j- touch people without their permission but it just didn't feel like it because we were you know raised in that generation or in a generation where it was okay to to come up and and you had to do what either adults told you to or yeah. whatever you know yes. I don't know I'm not That's gonna my kids to do anything if they don't want to hug their creepy uncle they don't have to hug their creepy uncle yeah. I just saw a post about this and I was like wow I really wish as a child I wasn't forced to hug a bunch of people because maybe that's why I'm like, oh, I, please don't hug me now. Yeah, because you're forced into it. Like, if you want, if a child wants to be hugged or, like, wants to give you a hug, that's, I feel, like, acceptable. But I feel like if you're forcing people to hug, it can, like, damage them in a way where they, they associate it with, like, oh, it's okay if he he this dude touches me it's okay mm-hmm. if he does that because it's not weird like I hug everyone right if you if you're already a hugger and and that is one thing Molly that we just you know I don't think I ever told you you have to hug them although you were kissing boys in uh target at two years old going up and hugging you know. them and kissing them <laughs> locking them in First, closets and stuff been a player <laughs> since day one okay <laughs> Hey. 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 Oh man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> will have a story in a few years and be like, yeah, nope. And be like, yeah, we we once had mom no. podcast. <laughs> no, I will not like, be trapping boys and girls. I mean, boys. <laughs> oh my gosh, like a Bill Cosby. No, I'm not. <laughs> Oh my god. That went from zero to a hundred real quick. <laughs> real quick. <laughs> real quick. Uh, my, my thing is kind of back to the topic. I feel like it was just creepy. Period. I was going to say, moral of the story, Derek, a.k.a. Robert, was creepy, and I may be damaged and broken because I was forced to hug people. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Main points. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, well, Thank you I'm, guys for having us on. We had Yeah, I appreciate time. you guys for joining us. Of course. I do have a, a joke and a fact that I figured I could throw at you guys while you're here. Yes. <laughs> the fact first, because I can't wait for the joke. I, I got to have the joke to end with. I'm and so glad I- someone else was here to make that decision. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So fact, uh, Taco John's was the first to actually trademark the phrase Taco Tuesday. <gasps> oh, hmm. I don't even know what Taco What's John's Taco is? John's it? You guys don't have Taco John's? No. No. What is that? It's like a fast food restaurant, like a Taco Bell or. It's based. It's from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Mm -hmm. I've been to one in Wyoming. Who goes to Wyoming? It says it's primarily in the Midwest and mountain regions. We don't have any over by me in Michigan. You don't have any Taco John's? I think there's like one that I can think of in Wisconsin, but more on the West Coast. I like. Definitely. Oh, there's one in Michigan. Huh. Oh. I don't even know what city this is. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wrote shut, there. 
You know, surprisingly, I've never met anyone from Wyoming. Wyoming is the worst state in the entire world. Don't go, okay? I don't know. Idaho is pretty boring, too. I'm sorry. If you live in Idaho, like, what? What do you do? Go to the cornfields or like? No, when I was in college, grocery stores did not sell alcohol. And I went to college an hour south of Cheyenne. But in Wyoming, grocery stores could sell 3-2 alcohol. So we would drive up to Wyoming to go buy alcohol on Sundays. You know, because you guys were alcoholics. Oh, yeah. Well. And Molly, you've been to Wyoming. You had a photo shoot there when you were like two or three years old. <laughs> Who has a photo shoot in Wyoming? You. What do they do? <laughs> like, take pictures. What, what's their, like, their state, whatever thingy? Like, where Georgia is the peach. Wisconsin's cheese. Oh, maybe what's it's tumbleweed. The tumbleweed. <laughs> um, I think... What are their uh what are their license plates? Aren't they like a guy on a horse? Yes. <laughs> okay, but and then the what opposite of Wyoming are cowboys, so Yes. <laughs> it a is a guy hat. on a horse. I just Googled it. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I guess they eat cowboys? Like what? Like they eat cowboys. It's just a square. The whole what? state of Wyoming is just a square. Oh, that was a joke. Sydney and I, well, I think, Sid, you've driven through a couple more times than me, but we went on an extremely long road trip years ago. I went from Michigan to Wisconsin, picked her up, and then we drove all the way to my sister outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. And Wyoming and Nebraska were, like, the worst to drive through. It was just, like, never-ending, in the middle of nowhere, nothing to see. Like, we didn't drive through a city the route we took, and it was awful the time we went it didn't smell bad <laughs> but it oh was like God. freezing we went in like december end of december beginning of january and so it was like freezing like negative 18 on the temperature oh gauge and high winds it was we were miserable <laughs> oh, <laughs> the highest winds like nothing but mountains so it's so scary yep you definitely have to prepare for your, your gas stops because if you <laughs> yeah. don't you're screwed Exactly. Yes. And Bonnie That's can't crazy. wait for the joke now. <laughs> She's All like, when's right. the joke? When's the joke? <laughs> what did the taco say to the burrito? What? Oh, uh, yeah. What is it? Where you been? I I love it. Where you be? <laughs> oh, that's sick. I'm not uh, that right now. <laughs> I'm easily entertained by jokes. I love it. it I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I know. I'm Sid has a whole audience today for her joke. <laughs> what was yeah. the, one, the one part I've been looking forward to? Yay! <laughs> right? I'm going to go tell all my friends that, and they're going to send me, you know that? There's that emoji where it has like the straight face. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what they're gonna send me. Why are you like this? <laughs> Literally. They ask me that every day of my life. Uh, I don't we know. must have we must have the same friends. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, tell us before we go, ladies, where anyone can find you on social media. Uh, we are Storytime with Mom and Me on Facebook. On Instagram, we are Storytime underscore with underscore MM. And we have our podcast available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, and other, the other smaller podcast services. We we definitely recommend checking them out. Like we said, they are very funny ladies if you haven't figured that out. <laughs> Thank you. Always a good time. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. Apparently, allegedly, I don't want to get sued, um, a serial killer in Atlanta. They're suspecting Ooh. it. Yes, people are suspecting there's a serial killer here. So... Well, now I know what I will be Googling for the rest of the evening. That's what I'm thinking, too. 
found a couple bodies, some places, and then um, there was a murder of a lady and a dog, and they called the FBI in for that. Ooh. And I'm like, that, they would only call the FBI in for, like, a serial killer. Because he cuts their eyes. What? Oh, my God. So there's their... definitely a clear pattern. He yes. cuts their eyelids oh. off. Yeah. Oh, and... my God. This guy asked me on a date, and I was scared because I was like, "What if he's a serial killer? (laughs) What if he's a serial? What if that's my luck? That would be my luck." Well, don't go go. walking around at one a.m. Okay. But what? What if I just go out on a date with this guy and he cuts my eyelids off? Well, go get Starbucks early, early in the day. (laughs) He could still cut my eyelids (laughs) off. He might. His car. Well, now we got a whole. A whole game of puzzles to solve your murder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll be on it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but just at my funeral, please have some sewn on sewn on eyelids. Thank you. 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 Sewn on eyelids. Okay. All right. I'll make sure. Sh- I'll make sure to let everyone know that you did not like to hug people. Yeah, and <laughs> she was she was not the problem here, <laughs> and I was a player at two. Uh. Yeah. That's funny. <sighs> well, Bonnie's gonna make us burritos now, and I'm gonna Ooh. tell her where you been. Yes, <laughs> perfect ending. <laughs> well, thanks again, ladies. Thank, Thank you. Guys. you. Bye. 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 Ha 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 ha!